Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Right now, giving away $100 to Optimum Golf in the Park Hill or the Rhino neighborhood. It is the best place to keep your golf game in fine fashion during the winter because you're not going to be able to golf when there is snow on the ground. That $100 gift certificate can help you in one of two ways. One, you can take a private lesson from my good friend Kyle. He's going to totally help you out, and he's a great instructor. Or you can use that $100 gift card to go to their virtual bay for two hours to play some of the top courses in the world like Pebble, Torrey Pines, Augusta National, St. Andrews, you name it, you could do it over there. You can also host a private party. They have leagues and tournaments, and they have award-winning pros. You're going to love going there, and you can go there on us. Or book your tea time today at theoptimumgolf.com. But why not go there on us? 303-831-1340. 303-831-1340. You're going to go to Optimum Golf on us. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Go get some tonight in Denver, Centennial, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. Well, I put out on Twitter today that I have no doubt that George Payton is going to have a very long and extensive list of guys that he wants to talk to. I think a lot of times when you see head coaching searches, it's usually four or five guys. I put out on Twitter today, it's going to be far more than five or seven. It might be like seven to nine. And right now we are sitting at seven. One guy who's not on the list is a guy that I think a lot of people want to be on the list. Doug Peterson, former Eagles head coach, who is getting ready to interview with the Chicago Bears. The newest name added to the list for the Broncos, Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell. The Broncos have made that request. Let's go over the guys who have been requested, summoned, to Dove Valley or summoned to Zoom to meet with King George. Yeah, I'm gonna go- do him in. A, we should uh, call him that. S- meet with King George. King George. What do you that that should, the he, pro- the problem is when you think of King George, you think of uh, uh, King George the Third, who was. There are lots of King Georges, not just yeah, the third. Yeah, but there's a movie called The Madness of King George. But it doesn't and, have to be the and, third. And English school children learn about Mad King George, so I know. I don't yeah, know but we're not in England. We're here. not in the UK. No. And there are lots of Georges. Wasn't there a good George? I'm sure we can find a decent George. I'm sure there George, was. Yes. You know what? If if the Broncos turn this thing around, he's going to be called King George. And we're going to start this, and we're going to make bumper stickers and uh, hats, shirts. Maybe you'll get a tattoo. I will never get a tattoo. Who are the guys summoned to see King George? In alphabetical order. Eric Bieniemy. Alphabetical order. Nicely done. Thank nice. you. Alphabetical order. Eric Bieniemy. Offensive coordinator, Kansas City. Jonathan Gann, defensive coordinator, Philadelphia. Nathaniel Hackett, offensive coordinator, Green Bay. Gerard, Gerard Mayo, inside linebacker coach, New England. Kellen Moore, offensive coordinator, Dallas. Kevin O'Connell, offensive coordinator, Los Angeles Rams. Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator, Dallas, former Falcon head coach. Outside, outside of one of those guys, 
What do the other six have in common? Well, two of them are uh, defense and five of them are offense. Okay. So that they don't have that much. In, so that's not the, the commonality. Yeah. Okay. Can you think of it? And I could be wrong. Knowing me, I'm wrong. And, six, and I'm sure you'll point it out to me. Six of them are younger than me. There we go. Yes. 42 years of age or younger are there six of these There we go. Bunch of young guys. Or, or five, uh, of them. five of them. I'm sorry. Because five out of seven because the is older. Right. But and he's Quinn a, is older. I'm sorry. He's on the list, but he's not really being considered. Right. We could take Eric But Gannon. of the other guy, but of Gannon, Hackett, Mayo, Moore, O'Connell young are all age 33 to 42. Uh-huh. So kind of like LaFleur and Shanahan and McVeigh and the way everyone is going or would like to go in the NFL, mm-hmm. young, brilliant minds. The question is, with that type of youth, can you be the great leader, the leader of men, the leader of an organization, can you be that guy to rejuvenate with that youthful exuberance, the Valley, which is what King George wants? Well, the thing is, age is just a number because you can be older and you can be exuberant. Look at Pete Carroll, for example. Well, he's not young. He's not young. No. You don't have to be young to be exuberant. Right. That's the thing. Andy Reid is exuberant. Yeah. He's in his 60s. Right. So it's not about how old you are. It's just about how you relate to people. Wade Phillips related well to his players, even though he was 70 years old. Right. So... Part of so Maybe I, I, don't, you, I don't like saying young coach, old coach, because I think you can have you, know you can have some young coaches who, like Josh McDaniels when he was here, have no ability to relate to their players. Yeah, but you know what you do get with a younger coach, and I think this is common because it's just in your DNA, kind of like a puppy dog. When something good happens, there is an instant reaction of excitement, something that we never saw. Out of Vic Fangio, Vic would would I think I'm not saying he kind of went out of his way to do it, yeah. but Vic was like the wet blanket, right? Like if you you you'd ask him a question about a player doing well, and it would always pivot, and it would often pivot to what that player needed to do better. Yep. Um, By the way, yeah, that and and I think it's just it's a different mentality. Uh, on a on a complete side note here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings cleaned house today. Yes, they did. They cleaned house, specifically George Payton's mentor, Rick Spielman, Rick Spielman and the head coach, Mike Zimmer, who com- seems like a complete turd and jackass from every press conference I've seen. He threw Case Keenum under the bus years ago, and then I know he didn't want Kellen Mond as his quarterback, but boy, he was a class A jerk when he was asked about Mond in a press conference. Right? A jerk. I wouldn't. I, I see. I don't think he's a jerk as a person. I think, he, b- based on what I know of him, yeah, I think he comes across very bluntly in yeah. those environments. It's like yeah. Vic, Vic Fangio is not a jerk. No, but he came across. But he could come across that way. Zimmer. Yeah. Zimmer takes it to a whole new level compared to Vic Fangio. Well, he also had more success as a head coach. So, oh, that, so, so because you have success, that means you could be a jerk. It doesn't mean you can be a jerk, but it means. And by the way, what kind of kind success of, did he have that I'm not aware of? What Super Bowl or what Super Bowl did he get to? I said that I'm su- not familiar. With? I said more success than Vic Fangio. He went to the playoffs three times with court with 
one of which came with a quarterback that Vic had, another of which came with an offensive coordinator that Vic had. Mike Zimmer is a better co- head coach than Vic Fangio. I think that's obvious. Mm-hmm. I think they're both very brilliant defensive minds. But a couple of things. Number one, did George Payton not know when to get out? I mean, <laughs> I, I did think this last January when Payton left the Vikings. Looking at the landscape, looking where the Vikings were in terms of their cap, their roster, where their trend was, I did think to myself, Peyton might be getting out when the getting's good. Mm-hmm. Because if he had stuck around for another year, he might not have had the hammer fall today. But I don't think he would be considered for the GM job. I think they're going to probably look at He might have been. If, if, if Ziggy Wolf really knew him, he might yeah. have been. I'll tell you why. And understand this. I'm not basing this. I just don't know if you could sell that to the fans. No, no, no. The I, fans want change. No, I understand that. But they should want George Payton. I'll tell you why. Because I, I understand I'm only giving this example based on one season. And it's not fair to evaluate somebody on one season. I get that. You want a bigger sample size. But if we're being completely honest here... Um, Sometimes you can make a case, even though it's only one season, maybe there is a pattern here. Is it fair to say that um, when was, what was the Broncos' best draft we, under Elway? 2011. 2011. The one he actually had kind of the least in, input on. That was the Brian Zanders draft. Mm-hmm. He was, by the way, Brian Zanders was also around for 2012. Yes. Right. And then was let go right after that. So, wh- And that was another, it was a good draft. It wasn't a great draft. But remember that 2012 was the draft of finding Danny Trevathan and Malik Jackson and, and, deep no, on day uh, okay, three. Okay. And that that's a Brian Zanders type of. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. And then in 2013, it was awful after Zanders got kicked to the ground. Yes, it was. Now, now in all fairness, that 2013 draft. That was draft, a league-wide bad draft. It was draft. bad. But was 2014 that much better? No. Okay, there you go. So my contention is once Xander's left, things got worse. Yes. With that, um, Broncos draft was really good this year, wasn't it? Yes. Really good or really, 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 really good? Let's just say really good at this point. I'm going to say really good, too. You see what the Vikings did in their draft? Awful. Mm -hmm. Awful. They made 11 picks, okay, per next-gen stats. Only one of the 11 players played more than 200 snaps on offense or defense without George Payton in the building. So Payton hits it out of the yard, out of the stadium, as far as drafts go. And Rick Spielman strikes out on three pitches looking with his draft. And the Vikings had been a pretty good team when it came to the draft. Coincidence? Maybe. I don't know. But but you know what it reminded me of a little bit? And I could be wrong, and this could be a stretch. Maybe, just maybe, George Payton was to Spielman what Chris Peterson was to Dan Hawkins. Maybe. The brains behind the organization. Would it surprise you at all if Rick Spielman is working as George Payton's assistant GM within the next five months? Yes, it would surprise me. Why would it surprise? See, I don't. I would not be surprised. By I that. will be surprised. I don't. I don't think that'll happen. I think Spielman will take a year off. That's his mentor. Yeah. And I don't think he's going to bring in his mentor. I think that would. I think that would be a bad look. 
I think, I mean, it would clearly be as as kind of a right hand. It, you know, very much. You help me. They're, no, they're, that's best, a, they're best friends. That's his nepotism. And of I don't. A move. I, I don't. That'd but be a I, bad look. But I don't. I. I would not be surprised if Rick Spielman is eventually. With I, the I don't. I don't think that. I don't think Peyton. I hope he doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. I hope he doesn't do it. But he's a relationship person. I under. I understand very much so. He's a re- remember something. He's a relationship person, so you would think they're going to hire Dan Quinn. Look at all the candidates they're bringing in. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know a lot of them. He's learning about him. That's right. But I, but so I, but I would curious. still say he's curious. Some, of, but like I said, some of this is going to be picking brains on the operation. Let me ask you. And you and like you said with Eric Bieniemy, with people from CU wanting him interviewed, that's a little bit of both picking brain of a CU of a KC operation and satisfying the CU the, the CU crowd. Well, okay, the, the, let, me, let me let me kind of flip it around. And I think Gerard Mayo is a, is going to be mainly a picking the brain interview. Well, but the, but they're serious about him for maybe a, a role in the organization. Yeah. And the Broncos, are, they're not that way about Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. But I digress. If they hire an offensive-minded head coach, you think uh, George pushes Mike Zimmer to be the defensive coordinator? Would you want that? Personally, I want status quo in the defense. If you told me... Every one of those assistants is back. We're going to talk more about that. And now Ed Donatello's calling plays. That's, to me, perfect. Do it. Yep. I'd rather have that than Zimmer. We will talk more about that after the break. We'll talk more about the Vic Fangio era. We're also going to talk about what Vic said at his final press conference saying, hey, um, the reason why we finished last place is because we didn't have a quarterback. Wow. That was quite a shot, wasn't it? But the question is, is it true? That's next. Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us at milehighsports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP. Dot com. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. All right, let's fondly reminisce on the Vic Fangio era. <laughs> this will be a short segment. But with that, what will you remember most? Uh, not a lot that of much, it's huh? good. I mean, right? Well, it doesn't have to be good. That's what I'm saying. What will you remember most? I'll remember all the times where it just seemed like it was too big for him. I'll remember, for example, when Bradley Chubb and Garrett Bowles got into a fight at training camp, and Fangio was asked about, it and he wasn't aware of it. I'll remember the game mismanagement. I'll remember the failed challenges. And honestly, and I know this isn't good, but I'll remember kind of that squinting, somewhat uh, 
quizzical look that he would have when he was trying to ascertain what was going on. I remember somebody who just did not ever really seem comfortable with that job. Right. And I think, and I wonder if he, one thing he will regret is that he knew that he was more comfortable from the booth than the sideline. They could see the field better. Right. I wonder if he will regret not at least trying to go be a head coach from the booth. No one's ever done it before, except when they've been injured. Mm -hmm. I wonder if he'll regret not at least having tried that once just to see if it would work. Because I remember a time when people didn't think you could win a Super Bowl if you wore a headset as a head coach on the sideline. Bill Walsh did it pretty well the first time. Yeah, and then yep. and then everyone was doing it. Yep. I feel like he should have been, in that case, maybe he should have been a little more bold. And that, that may be another thing as well. He wasn't as uh, bold as you would like him to be. There were moments like that Giants game week one this past year where he went for it on fourth down all the time. But then fourth and nine, meaningless game, every reason to just wing it and go for it right? and kick the field goal and gave the ball back to Patrick Mahomes and never saw it again. That I think if there were, I think that I think the decision had been made that probably affirmed it though. Vic was asked after the game, might've been you. I I did ask. I asked what separated the Broncos from the other teams, the AFC West. And he said the quarterbacks, they all three had top shelf quarterbacks, right? And if you're Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater to listen to that, now at least you know what Vic is going to say about you publicly. And for that reason alone, you could not bring back Vic, knowing that Locke is cheap for next year and he still could be on this roster. A lot of reasons why you can't bring him back. The question is this. That's the national narrative, Mm -hmm. that Vic had a great defense, uh, but he didn't have a quarterback. The truth is... That national narrative is true, but it is lazy analysis because those people didn't watch every game with the game mismanagement, the challenge flags, bungling timeouts, not really understand what his offense was doing. And you can't tell me he couldn't have one winning season? I mean, think about it. Sean McDermott had a winning season with Tyrod Taylor. Mike Zimmer fired today in Minnesota. Had won division titles with Case Keenum and Pat Shermer's offensive coordinator and Teddy Bridgewater. And that year he won with Bridgewater. Aaron Rodgers was healthy and playing well. Let's take that, it a, and that's why... Let's take it a step further. Yeah. Okay. You, you, you're going back in time. You don't need to. Can you honestly tell me, honestly tell me, that, um, that uh, Mac Jones is a top 15 quarterback in this league? Not right now. He's not? Jalen Hurts, is he a top 15 quarterback in this league? Not right now. Uh, What about if things fell the right way with the tiebreaker? Do the Saints have anybody on their roster that's top 20? And I I think the only top 30 quarterback they have is on injured reserve. And oh, by the way. And that's Jameis Winston. And they came came within an eyelash of making the playoffs. And that's another thing, like, I'm not saying that the Broncos were going to win a Super Bowl what they had at quarterback right. with Vic Fangio. Right. But that's why I kept coming back to how all the coaches that did not that had losing seasons in their first three years on the job mm-hmm. and how 
with extraordinarily rare exceptions, none since the 1990s, none of them got it turned around. Yeah, they all had quarterback issues, no doubt. But if you are a coach worth keeping around for the long haul, Mm -hmm. even with less than ideal ingredients at quarterback, you're able to at least get a winning season. By the that, way, I'm not even saying a great winning season like back before in the 16 game era, like nine and seven. They're all the coaches worth their salt are able to do that once. And Vic couldn't do that. And he got the benefit of a crap schedule this year that had that that featured four teams in the very bottom of the of the NFL barrel. They won all those games and they were three and ten against everybody. else. And Oh, by the way, so I named three quarterbacks, right? Well, I'm going to give you the worst of the bunch. Ben Roethlisberger. In terms of QBR, this year he was 25th. He had right. a terrible year. His final year. He shredded the Broncos defense. It doesn't matter. If he, <laughs> I know. It doesn't matter. If he <laughs> like that's another my, strike. My, my point is, my point <laughs> is, there are four quarterbacks currently in the playoffs that you can make the case had a worse year than Teddy Bridgewater. Okay? Four of them. If do you, do you want to go by QBR? What 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 metric do you want to go by? Let's go well, by QBR. Do you want to go by QBR? Okay. So QBR, uh, who is worse than Teddy Bridgewater? Jalen Hurts and Teddy are practically tied. Yep. Okay. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is below him, mm-hmm. and not too many other guys are. To be perfectly honest, Mac Jones is ahead of him. But if you but if you like the quarterback rating a little bit better, just to make our argument a little bit better, if you would like to use quarterback rating, because not everybody's passer in QBR. Rating. Pass, your, passer your, rating. Right, your passer rating. Uh, so where does Teddy Bridgewater check in on this? He's number 12. So Derek Carr is below him. Mac Jones is below him. Josh Allen is below him. Mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill is below him. Jalen Hurts is below him. Ben Roethlisberger. So I guess you can go to the playoffs if your quarterback isn't fantastic. The thing is, the Broncos were seven and ten. Right. They were seven and ten, and they were seven and ten with basically the closest the cl- closest thing to free spaces that you're going to get on the board. But I'm not going to argue with Vic that it helps to have a great quarterback. I'm with you on that, especially to win a Super Bowl. Doug Marone didn't use Blake Bortles as an excuse. And by the way, we'll get into Blake Bortles of 2017 with the Jaguars because for all that we can talk about with Nathaniel Hackett with the Green Bay Packers, this is a guy who got a top five offense out of a unit led by Blake Bortles. Okay. I'm making an assumption here. Let's role play here. Yes. You are George Payton. I am Vic Fangio. Mm-hmm. And let's make it short because we've got to hit a break. You tell me reasons why I'm not the right coach for you. But be brief because we've got to hit a break. So I'm George. You're George. I'm Vic. All right. Uh, Vic, you had three straight losing seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, your defense is good in some metrics. Mediocre, middling in some advanced but my, my defense got better every year. My defense is very good. It's a top three defense. Well, it didn't get better every year because it took a huge step back in year two. 
Okay, but it was terrific this year. Okay, and it's, if it's a what have you done for me lately league, my defense was top three. Your offense was in the bottom ten in scoring every year that you were on the job. But my defense was top three. But you're off. But you're the head coach of the team. And I understand your special team. Your your special te- Vic. Your special teams was awful three years in a I row. I understand that. And your offense was bottom right. third of the league right. three years in a row. Right. That's two phases. Right. I understand that, but my defense is top three. And that's my point. That's Vic's mindset. Yes. I did my job because my defense was terrific. His job was to be the head coach of the team. Exactly. And that's where the disconnect you is. You think Brian Billick, offensive genius when he was with Minnesota, you think when he looks at the Super Bowl ring on his finger, he cares that... It happened with a great defense and a so-so offense. He just looks at that and says, I'm a Super Bowl winning coach. Right. Doesn't matter. Right. What about John Gruden? About Gary Gary Kubiak is an, is an offensive, uh, one of the brightest offensive minds in the game's history. Tempted that it. offense in 2015 was average. The great defense carried it. That ring still sparkles and means huh. just as much to him. Let's, let's, let's use three examples briefly because we've got to hit a break. Right, Danny? Hmm. Yes. Brian Billick, offensive-minded coach, won a Super Bowl because of his what? Defense. John Gruden, offensive-minded coach. He won a Super Bowl at Tampa because of his? Defense. Gary Kubiak, won a, offensive-minded coach, won a Super Bowl because of his? Defense. Bill Belichick won the majority of his Super Bowls because of his? Quarterback. And he's a what type of coach? Defense. There we go. So when people say you got to hire an offensive-minded head coach, don't get locked into that. Hire good people, empower them, but don't empower them so much that you ignore them so you can concentrate on something else like Vic Fangio did with special teams and his offense, and that's why he is no longer the head coach of the Denver Broncos. And to be fair, that's part of the appeal of Dan Quinn. He hires good people on offense, and he's shown that. Coming up after the break, we did a Twitter poll earlier today on guys who would be first-time head coaches. We have added guys to that list, by the way. So just for the sport of it, we'll talk about the four guys you put on the list, and then we'll talk about the other guys. Who would you want on your list? On the, the guys on the list, who would be the best first-time head coach? We'll talk about that next. Feelings, no matter how much I try, wait, no, I did not really pursue my little princess with persistence, and I was so lucky that she was unaware of my existence from a distance, I need life. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to rmfp.com. Where is Jim Harbaugh going to be coaching next season? Is it going to be the Bears? Could it be the Raiders? Could it be the Dolphins? It's probably going to be Michigan, according to NBC Sports Chicago. Harbaugh discussing a contract extension with the Wolverines. No surprise there. After he took a pay cut going into this upcoming season, but made it to the national semifinals. Smart man using the NFL as leverage to get more cash. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Colorado Off-Road in Littleton. 
If you need major accessory brands or something off-market for your truck, car, Jeep, or SUV, they've got it. Upfit today at Colorado Off-Road or go to cooffroad.com. Here are the requests that uh, George Payton has made in terms of his interview wish list. Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, Cowboys offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell, Patriots inside linebackers coach Gerard Mayo, Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. What do all these guys have in common? This is like a poo-poo platter. And what do I mean by that? You have what? Three guys, four guys who are offensive-minded guys, three guys who are defensive-minded guys. So there's no correlation, right? One correlation is almost all these guys are under the age of 42 or 40. That's common. But you know what else is common? Only six of them, of the seven, six of them have never been a head coach. So you could tell that George does not mind rolling the dice on bringing in a guy who's never been a head coach before. That is obvious. Yeah. I think part of it is you see what these guys have, and you go in open-minded and willing to be impressed. You got Dan Quinn kind of in your back pocket all. Yeah, do. And so why not? What? So why not? Why not? There's There's no harm in doing these interviews. And maybe even no harm in doing all of them and then getting to Dan Quinn. And finding out when you talk with Quinn, you know, what direction are you leaning in? Like, you know, are, are we going to see some of these more modern thoughts, these more modern uh, concepts and uh, uh, that we're seeing with these younger coaches be a part of what you do? And if that's the case, then I think Quinn would end up getting the job. All right, Quinn's, let's make no, make no mistake. Quinn, if you're making if if you're finding out saying who's the favorite, Quinn's the favorite right now. He still is, but there have yes. been no interviews yet. Right. Uh, we put out a Twitter poll earlier today, putting four guys on the list. Now there are six, but there are four guys on the list who have never been a head coach. Mm-hmm. We asked uh, people on Twitter who they would like to be the head coach of the four with no experience as a head coach, mm-hmm. and what do we have? Thirty-six percent Nathaniel Hackett, thirty-three percent Kellen Moore, twenty-four percent Eric Bieniemy. 7% Gerard Mayo. And, of course, Mayo is the only defensive coach. And I think if we could have done a poll with with that included Kevin O'Connell and Jonathan Gannon, O'Connell's worked for Sean McVay, Jonathan Gannon, defensive coach in Philadelphia. I think if we included them, I believe we still would have had the same result with Nathaniel Hackett winning. And I think Jonathan Gannon would have been right there with Gerard Mayo because I think if he asked Bronco fans, they would prefer an offensive coach. They would. But but you don't want to confine yourself to that. But here's the thing. If we're being completely honest, the real winner is Kellen Moore. You know why? Because Broncos fan is thinking two things. Number one, if we get Nathaniel Hackett, maybe, just maybe, he'll stuff Aaron Rodgers in his suitcase. Mm -hmm. That's number one. That could be part of the appeal of Dan Quinn. You're hoping maybe, just maybe, he brings Russell Wilson in his suitcase. Well, Dan Quinn would be hired if there was no right. Russell Wilson connection or not. But that's part of how you how to how fans would perceive it. Okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna use something that is used in um, polls all the time: margin for error. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna make up this number, mm, of course, just for fun to put it mm-hmm. in my favor. 
The margin for, for error is five points either way. And you know what that margin of error is I'm going to put it to? You know what that margin of error mm. means? What? If Nathaniel Hackett was not Aaron Rodgers' offensive coordinator, but was the offensive coordinator for Jordan Love, the winner would be Kellen Moore. The only reason Nathaniel Hackett is on top of that list is because he happens to be the offensive coordinator where Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback who had an MVP type season. And he doesn't doesn't even call the plays. And he doesn't call the plays. Matt LaFleur does. But Nathaniel Hackett, because he's tied with Aaron Rodgers... Thinking again, and he made chicken salad out of chicken droppings. That's fair. A top, get, now they had Leonard Fournette running the ball, but that was still a t- that was still a top five offense and total offense in Jacksonville in seventeen with Blake Bortles a quarterback. And it, it they did not sustain it the following year. Let's make it clear they actually fired Hackett during the season. But you know what? Okay, but I'm that, so- that's lightning in a bottle. That if you do it once, you're probably not going to be able to do it again. But the fact that you did it once says a lot about you because nobody else has done that with Blake frickin' Bortles. Who would you hire on that list? Or would you? are you going to say, I don't have enough data? I... I mean, I honestly, I think... Wait, wait, Kellen Moore, I think he's doing an incredible job with Dallas, but it's also... He and he has play calling responsibilities, but Mike McCarthy has a lot to do with that game plan too. With with it's interesting. Well, Aaron Rodgers uh, would would not like to hear that because uh, he thought it's, McCarthy it, was terrible. It's interesting to like look at these at at Bienemy Hackett and Kellen Moore, and what do they have in common? They, they have guru, they have offensive gurus above them. By the way, the, there's a new name on to the, the coaching list. chart. There's a new name to the list. Aaron Glenn. Who's he with? I don't even. I, honestly, God, I, I knew. I know about his playing career. Yeah, where is he coaching now? I have no idea. I just Lions saw defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn. Wow, that's eight. I told you, it'd be between seven and nine, and we're already there. Yeah. Ugh. Did anybody watch the Broncos put up thirty-eight on the uh, on the Lions? Yeah, this is. I don't know. I mean, this is. I think. I'm looking at it. I mean, I. I remember him more as a player than a coach. That's yeah. the thing. I don't see, but I, I'll do a deeper dive tonight. Yes, you will. But I don't. But on the surface, based on what I know of where he's been, I mean, I had to think about the fact that he was with the Lions. I, I mean, I've forgotten that, but that's not. There's. I don't know if there's anything on the resume that says this is our head coach. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it'll be impressive. Hiring a. But here's the thing. By the way, some some of this is also a sales job for a fan base that is very frustrated. I do not believe you can sell a Lions coordinator right. to this fan base. I think people would be up in arms. By the way, if if you replace Fangio with somebody from a they were what three thirteen and one, mm-hmm. you can't sell that. You can't. There, I'm gonna give uh, I'm gonna give uh, Peyton credit for one thing. When is the last time over the last ever? I'm gonna say ever. When is the last time that a NFL coaching search happened where 38 percent of the candidates were black? 
Because three of the eight are minorities. How do you like that for George Payne? Good for him. Yeah. Because he went beyond the NFL's quota on the Rooney rule. No doubt. He only has to go with two. He went with three. Well, it shouldn't even be a thought. I mean, here's the thing. I, I would pick up the phone and call Jim Caldwell. But that's right. just me. Yeah. Who's been a head coach twice. Who, by the way, Aaron Glenn, not part of a successful team in Detroit. Yep. Jim Caldwell, part of a the last reasonably successful time in Detroit, the only reasonably successful time in Detroit in the last two decades. That would be my call. What do we have coming up on Just In Case You Missed It? Had a listener text in with a name that I haven't heard you guys say yet, so we'll uh, get to G's text on the other side, and also the Kraken in, in town taking on the Avalanche tonight. We'll preview that game as well next, right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Mason. Watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for a wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP. Dot com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it. Just in case you missed it, G, we want to thank you for listening and uh, interacting with the show. He said, uh, first, there is no other King George but George Strait. Okay. And then secondly, okay, he said, if Mayo and Bienemy are being looked at, why not Leftwich? He should be looked at. He should at. be, yes. He should be. He, he'd be very high on my list. Another, another name that I'd like to see get some traction, who also has prior head coaching experience, is uh, Raheem Morris, who coached in Tampa Bay a little over a decade Broncos ago. Broncos interviewed him a long time yes. ago. And then after that didn't work out, coached under Mike Shanahan, worked with the Falcons. And is the rare coaching candidate who would have experience on both offense and defense because for the first four and a half years under Dan Quinn, he actually worked as the Falcons' passing game coordinator before Quinn moved him over to try and fix the defense, and it did get the defense better. And now he's the Rams' the defensive coordinator. So he would, I, he was kind of like my dark horse. Like if it were up to me, Raheem Morris would be. On my list, too. I would have to do a deeper deeper dive on, on Leftwich. But at the end of the day, when you've won a Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator and Tom Brady is your quarterback, you do have to say, okay, mm-hmm. how much of this has to do with Brady, the addition of Gronk, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette, you already had Godwin, and then you also have Mike Evans. So... How much of how much of your genius in offensive scheme has to do with what you've done and what you have with Tom Brady and everybody else. You'd have to look back because he became their OC in 2019. What did they do before that? Well, he wasn't there before then. He, he came in in 2019. Correct. And, what, and, no, and, I mean, what did he do in 2019? Yeah, the, the Buccaneers had the number three offense and total offense that year. There you with go. With Jameis Winston. And there again, it's kind of like we, we talk about with Nathaniel Hackett. 
I'm more focused on what he did working with Blake Bortles, right. with Byron Leftwich. When I'm looking at his success, I'm more focused on getting a productive, albeit turnover prone, but you're all talking about Jameis Winston, right? a productive offensive season. I mean, it was, uh, I mean, Winston threw for 5,000 yards. It was a dynamic offense. Right. Undone by Winston's mistakes. Right. But Leftwich did a good job with that unit. All of these guys on the Broncos list have some impressive credentials and mentors who they learned under. Yeah. Almost all of them do. But here's the deal. Who's got the personality that George wants? Because I think that's what it's really going to boil down to. Well, and look in Miami. Today they move on from Brian Flores. And what we're hearing about that is there was a definite clash between Chris Greer, the GM, and Brian Flores as head I'm not coach gonna on, ask, phil- on philosophy. I'm not going to ask you to break news, but I'll ask you. Scale of 1 to 10, what are the chances that Brian Flores gets an interview in Denver? About a 1. So you don't believe he'll get an interview? Well, one thing, it's a relationship business, right? Yep. Chris Greer, who did he work with in Miami a decade and a half ago? George Payton. Exactly. Just in case you missed it, the Seattle Kraken in town tonight, taking on the Colorado Avalanche, 7 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time. The Avs won the first meeting with Seattle this season, 7-3. to three. The Kraken have lost five in a row. The Avs have won four straight. And unfortunately, the Avalanche will be without Gabe Landeskog. The captain is in the protocols. Does that have any impact on Colorado this evening? It shouldn't. It shouldn't. Uh, not, I mean, it's funny. People got spoiled by... Um, by the Vegas Golden Knights back in their expansion season. Yeah. The Kraken is a perfectly functional, perfectly competitive expansion team. They're what you usually expect from an expansion franchise. I assume uh, Philip Grubauer is going to be in net tonight. That's the forecast, Danny? I have not seen anything to uh, contradict that. Okay. So, I mean, hey, hopefully Gru will get a nice ovation from the Avs fans coming back to Ball Arena. Just in case you missed it, some Nuggets roster news. They have traded fan favorite Bull Bull to the Detroit Pistons for guard Rodney Magruder. He is 30 years old, and also they will be getting a 2022 second-round pick. Denver also planning to sign DeMarcus Cousins and James Ennis to 10-day hardship deals with Will Barton entering the protocols per Shams Charania. Uh, which roster move do you like the most for this season? The moving on from Bull Bowl or maybe bringing in a new veteran center in uh, DeMarcus Cousins? I mean, they need they need they, they need what Cousins can bring at this point. So I think that's a that, that that's potentially a good move. I think the good move for the short term. I was one of those who did little, I did like Bowl Bowl. I enjoyed watching him, but uh, at the same time, we saw it from time to time when he was out there. The uh, defensive effort could be uh, lacking, to put it kindly. I mean, there were uh, there were some plays in particular where you took note of that, and uh, we talked about him on this show how certainly Michael Mullen would not be happy with a sort of uh, lackadaisical effort on that end of the court. I'm getting ready to put this uh, out on Twitter. Okay. Uh, breaking is why I started it. Uh, George Payton has not asked me to interview for the vacant head coaching job, which is insulting considering he has asked everybody else. Hey, now. That's going to do it for us. Alex, Danny, great job. Mace, you were fantastically marginal today. But I was worse. I was going to say, repl- I was worse. I was going to say, I was, I was a, worse. I was a little bit of a, above replacement level, kind of like the like uh, Broncos quarterbacks in a lot of games. There you go. I'll try and do better tomorrow. Make it the best possible night you can.